1: Hello and welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. It's finals time in the World Cup. Australia have qualified for the semi finals and they're one of four teams who are going to be playing off over the next couple of days to earn a place in the final. They take on South Africa here in Kolkata at the magical Eden Gardens on Thursday. Louis Cameron's with me my name is Josh on a finger
2: yeah what a venue what a stage for um, you know Australia's biggest one-day game since so uh, at this point in 2019 four years ago um, this is why all these guys play I mean we kind of slave through bilateral series to to get to a moment like that you know I think fans feel like that I think players feel like that you're gonna see players wanting to go to another level with their game you know in first of all in World Cups but then knockout uh, games you know that's uh, that's the pinnacle of of this format,
1: coming up on the episode, as you may have seen in the title, Travis Head, Australia's opener, joined us at the hotel pool just a couple of days ago to uh, chat through his tournament so far and and what he expects for this match against South Africa. That's it. so that's worth
2: hanging around for, isn't it, Lou? Next to the pool, we Next. weren't in the pool. No, that's yeah, true. Yes. We didn't get wet while doing the interview. No, unlike no. Alex Carey on a previous. I mean, he wasn't doing an interview, but he got wet. You know. Yeah, I think everyone's seen that footage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But do hang
1: around for that. But firstly, we're going to preview this massive semi final. We know that earlier in the tournament, uh, South Africa knocked off Australia quite comfortably in luck now and so now that it's time uh, to do battle again and i guess australia will be quietly confident with seven wins on the trot heading into this match south africa recently lost to india but of course won their final group match against afghanistan there are a couple of selection dilemmas however for both teams so why don't we start with australia who it's looking like it's going to come down to a question of Minus slavishane or marcus stoinis
2: yeah, I mean, it's safety versus risk, isn't it? With that one, the safety of Manus Labashane, you've got a guy who's been Australia's second leading run scorer, I think, at this World Cup. At least he was a couple of games ago when I looked up those numbers. Um, so he's been the safe pair of hands through the middle when they've needed someone to um, rebuild after the loss of some early wickets. And that has happened quite a bit. He's been the one, you know, on a turning pitch, uh, which we, we could get here in Kolkata. Um, that's kind of been the, the, the tip about the wicket here, that it can um, favour spinners. And certainly it seems like uh, both, I think both teams think, just watching them at training, we can speak about uh, a little bit about that today, but they seem to think that it might turn a bit just the way they were examining the pitch. So, you know, if you're coming in at three for not many or two for not many, Marnus is the guy you want for that. The guy you want coming in when you're three for 250 with 15 overs to bat, Apart from Glenn Maxwell, of course, it's Marcus Stoinis, right? Like he's the the guy who's become one of the best T twenty or rounders in the world, one of the better T twenty finishers in the world. So when you can set the game up, this is from a batting point of view, like that for him. Well, I want you know Stoinis coming in, probably not minus Labuschagne. So it's such a difficult one for the Australian selectors here, right? Because you've got such different uh, conditions. This is the beauty of one day cricket, right? Like it can. Um, you can get the three for not many, mm. and you can also get the winner to pile it on and bat like a T20. Um, I don't know how they, I mean the other added, added part of this is the bowling, of course, right. Like So Stoinis bowls minus labor doesn't really bowl. Um, and Stoyness's bowling on a flat wicket um, can probably can really help him. So uh, can really help Australia, I should say. So tough decision.
1: Uh, was there anything that we picked up at training today that uh, might influence
2: the selectors' decision, do you think? Well, just kind of watching how they looked at the pitch. So uh, Rabada and Shamsi kind of walked out there and it looked like Rabada suggested to Shamsy like, hey, mate, you're on for a good show here. We'll talk about South Africa's mm. selection in just a minute. Uh, but he seemed to be, um, you know, he, he might be one of the guys who might come in, uh, is Shamsy And the Australians all had a good look out there. I know you you were probably closer to the action than me, Josh, but... Um, from afar, it looked like uh, they were kind of having a bit of a chat to the curator and, um, you know, Cummins was there and Warner was there and uh, Steve Smith, you know, kind of said, it looked like he said to the curator, like, oh, you know, what do you think it's going to be? Is it going to be a um, 300 kind of wicket? And Smith might have had some thoughts that it might not have been, uh, it might not be a, a 300 wicket. So um, you, you were up there filming that one, though, I reckon, weren't you?
1: Yeah, well, the curator is quite confident that it's a 400 Wicket. 400? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I'm not okay. sure what he uh, has seen in the pitch, but mm. Steve Smith, as you said, is a bit uh, dubious that that would be the right, <laughs> the right amount of runs it will get. But he was very confident that the right decision would be to bat first on this mm. pitch.
2: Well, it's like you know, asking a parent about their child. You're not going to say, "Oh, you know, I think they're they're not really destined for great things." You know, they're you know probably a, a middling student at best. You're going to say that they're you know the, well, the smartest true, yeah. or the most athletic. So that's probably how the curator feels about his pitch. The South
1: African team also has a uh, selection headache, I guess, to make. They've had all of their bowlers have really performed well this tournament, and now they have a choice. Of it's looking like it's going to come down to Gerald Curtsey, their fastest bowler or the left-arm spinner, Tabre Shamsi, as you said. So uh, Shamsi's only played three matches so far this tournament. Kurtzies played seven, and he's actually South Africa's leading wicket-taker with 18, and he was also the man who fractured Travis Head's hand way back uh, maybe eight weeks ago now. So mm, there's more all than
2: that, I reckon 12. Yeah. yeah,
1: maybe 12. So there's all these sort of little uh, storylines and talking points that make that a tough call because we're assuming that Jansen, Rabada... Ngidi and Maharaj will be locked in. So, who the fifth is, is going to be an interesting call.
2: Well, do we know that Ngidi is locked in? Like, just kind of looking at the numbers with him compared to Kurtzia. And is actually the worst performed quick of, of all uh, the ones South Africa have used at this tournament. 10 wickets at 35, uh, economy rate at 5.86. Not terrible numbers by any stretch. If you actually look at Pat Cummins' numbers, you know, who, who we reckon mm. had a pretty good tournament. I think he's 10 wickets at 44-ish. Mm. So um, Stark as
1: well has 10 wickets.
2: Exactly right. So, you know, if that's the worst of them, it's probably not going too bad. Um, but Kutia, you know, 18 wickets at 19, that's, you know, up there with the best in the tournament. I reckon he's undroppable. For me, it would be, um, you know, and obviously Rabada's, you know, they're not going to drop him. I think it's a, I would be thinking it's a case of Shamsi or Nghiti. Um The other one they've got to think about is their captain, uh, Temba Bavuma, who I was just watching walk up to the players' change room before we just here. at at Eden Guns and South Africa are training in front of us. Um, Australia had the, the earlier slot before and um, Bavuma has to kind of go undergo a bit of a fitness test with the hamstring injury that he picked up against Afghanistan in their final game. So we know that Aidan Markram will captain them if Bavuma isn't right to go. Um, but, you know, that's that can be unsettling, can't it, to not have your skipper for a big knockout World Cup game. Definitely.
1: By all reports, we weren't here for South Africa's training yesterday, but... He did a couple of run through his Bavuma and he was barely at 30% mm. sort of pace. So he's taking it very easy over these next couple of days, I'd say, to make sure he's right to go because his record as captain over the last little bit has actually been pretty solid. So even though he's had a lean tournament with the bat, it was a good twelve months leading into this for Baverman. He's a good one to have in there. Just helps it with their stability.
2: I mean, they do have Reza Hendricks, who um, opened the batting earlier in the tournament. She just played two games, made eighty five off seventy five balls against England. You know, maybe England. <laughs> that wasn't the uh, the quality of opposition that we thought they were at the time. Um, but no doubt, I think that he's a pretty solid backup for Bavuma. And, I mean, you look at the rest of that batting order. De Kock has had an amazing tournament. Van and Markram, Clason and Miller Like, and even Jansen there at the end. I think, you know, they've had a better batting tournament than Australia. They've probably been... Mm outside of India been the most impressive batting unit in this competition. So, yes, it would be unsettling to lose your captain, but I think they've you know got the, the personnel to cover it. Australia's bowlers are going to have their hands full trying to contain them.
1: Absolutely. I've just run the numbers on the... Uh performances in the last 10 overs of each innings and funnily enough South Africa are the top ranked side in the last 10 overs with a strike rate of 176 over their 9 matches Australia are the second ranked so it's going to it might just come down to who has the most wickets in hand at the 40th over and who can really explode the most
2: and when they're batting and this is the the crucial one and I know we're going to kind of talk about this like the toss is just so important for this game there's been such a disparity a lot of the venues uh, in terms of what it's like to bat first compared to batting second, it's funny. Kind of going in, it felt like you know my understanding of ODIs in India was you wanted to be batting under lights. That um, often the the pitch would would speed up, and all of a sudden these fast bowlers that, or spinners that would um, have a bit of assistance during the daytime, all of a sudden they just slid onto the bat beautifully. And then I remember really vividly watching that first game of the tournament. England versus New Zealand, a rematch of the final. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, Ravindra just all of a sudden looked like a, a world-class player. He's since shown that he is a world-class player, but he was getting that extra skid off the pitch and and playing beautifully accordingly. I mean, it's been pretty even in terms of games won by teams batting first compared to batting seconds. I think it was 23 and 22 mm, in the end. Very
1: close. Out yeah. of the
2: 45 games. Um, so the stats in that situation, so the stats in that, um, you know, with those numbers suggest that it's not that big of an advantage to bat first, but I reckon both teams really want, the, you know, that, that coin to be tossed and um, <laughs> to, you know, basically say, we'll have a bat, thanks.
1: Well, it'll be Pat Cummins' call, given that they are the away side for this match, so... Oh, that's a good point. He normally goes tails, isn't right? Correct? I
2: think so, yeah. I always was a subscriber to the tails never fails <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing, but... Um, Yeah, maybe that's an advantage that you get from... I mean, it's not an advantage. It's a bloody (laughs) 50-50 coin. We're so superstitious about cricket. cricket, Like, cricketers are just a funny bunch and we're always looking for little stupid things like that. It's 50-50. It's luck. We'll have to say who wins it. There have been four matches
1: in Calcutta so far this tournament. I'll just run you through the numbers on pace versus spin because everyone has been talking up the spinners, but it's not as strongly skewed to the spinners as you might think. Pace, The pace bowlers have taken 40 wickets at an average of 24.8, an economy rate of 5.2. The spinners have taken 24 wickets at an average of 31.5, so that's seven points higher and their economy rate is just under five. So a little bit more economical, but certainly not striking uh, as regularly as the quicks here.
2: Yeah, pretty even really, isn't it? So, um, I mean, the, the real question, I guess, is what kind of state would that cutter pitch be And we, we spoke about the team's reactions to it. We're trying to work out whether it's a used pitch or not. So that might be something we kind of update you on cricket.com.au. They played a game here, I think only two or three days ago, between England. And who is the other team? that played? Uh,
1: They played the Netherlands.
2: They played the Netherlands, that's right. Uh, and England had a win. So we, we were trying to work out whether it's the exact same pitch. I think they've rolled out a fresh one, just kind of having a look at it um, at the rest of the square. But they've certainly got the grass back into whichever pitch they did use uh, really quickly because it's a very lush square. But that might have something to do with the rain and the moisture, which uh, I think is another topic for discussion, Josh.
1: Well, there is a bit of rain on the Mm. radar, which is unusual considering we've gone through the whole tournament pretty well without a drop of it. But Louis, you've been reading up on the uh, meteorology report. What can you
2: tell us? (laughs) I can tell you I have been. Um, I always find it funny kind of like, you know, you kind of get stuck in cricket journalism world and you look at, you know, stats and... And then you, all of a sudden you make a detour to, um, you know, Bureau of Meteorology or whatever the equivalent is in India, uh, and I've got to say I was a bit out of my depth. But apparently, smarter people than me are saying that they are expecting a cyclone to be formed. Um, that kind of means that that there's a low pressure system building up over Okay, the Bay low of pressure Bengal. system. Yeah, I sound like Jane Bunn here, I know. And uh, that might get called or termed or um, identified as a Cyclone, so that's probably where they give it the name, you know, Cyclone Joshua or Cyclone Louis, or
1: and we're not too far from the uh, you know the water here, are we in Kolkata?
2: Exactly, yeah. So we're right on the eastern part of, of India, um, just right near the the border of Bangladesh. So right in that kind of bay area, and we know that uh, Bangladesh gets a lot of cyclones, and it is kind of getting into cyclone season. So I don't, we're not going to have a cyclone here on Thursday, just to reassure people, but we could kind of get the tail end of um, what is forming as a cyclone, you know, the outer edges of it and those can be, you know, quite wet and bring a lot of moisture with it. How's that weather report? Okay, well... Yeah, convincing? Have I got a few? There's a bit
1: coming but we don't know if it's going to hit or not. Is it's, that pretty much it? Yeah. Exactly
2: right, yeah. So, I mean, we don't know and not you not even the meteorologists know but the wider point here is that there is a reserve date. We saw the 2019 semi between India and New Zealand go into a second mm. day. Uh, in Manchester, um, so it would kind of make a mockery. <laughs> it never stops
1: raining in Manchester. So <laughs> We
2: know that, we've experienced that firsthand, haven't we? But um, I tend to think that if it did go into, if you did, so you, basically you can start the game on Thursday and you can finish it on Friday as long as you get 20 overs each um, per side, it would make a mockery of the ICC's slogan for this event. Uh, that is, it only takes one day because it might only take two days to get a result. Um, but that would kind of create all sorts of havoc in terms of this one's on Thursday and if it went to the second day, it would go to the Friday. Uh, the final is on a Sunday. That's a really tight turnaround. If you think about it, you play all Friday. Mm, definitely, uh, Teams would probably travel Saturday morning. You know, you got to do all your pre-final activities, lots of media and press conferences and stuff like that. Um, that would be a crazy turnaround. Um, it's already a tight turnaround even if it only just goes one day.
1: Yeah, I think the tightest turnaround in the group stage for any team was four days. And so if if it was for the winning semi-finalists to only have two, that would be a very tough ask. So do you want to make a prediction before we cross to the Travis head interview or are you going to play it safe here, Lou?
2: You know what, I think Australia will win. I think the history of big events, um, the history of performing in big events is kind of undoubtable. And I think Australian players grow a leg when they play in these knockout games whether it's the same for these South African teams. We've gotten to what fifteen minutes into this chat and we haven't used the C word for South Africa. I I really don't think that it affects this group. Like none of those guys have played in um, you know, the Alan Donald eras and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, Lance Klusener and um, I don't think that is necessarily a factor for them. I, I just think it's more of a factor on the positive side for Australia. I think they have this almost an arrogance, almost, that they know that they've done it so many times. They've seen, you know, you grow up as an Australian cricketer watching Ponting and War and Gilchrist and Glenn McGrath do these amazing things in ODI World Cups. Uh, I think that really, I think that really does have a bit of meaning for for these guys. So I'm not going to give a wickets or yeah, runs sure. margin, but I, I think Australia will win.
1: And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. No, you're not getting away that easy, (laughs) mate. What's
2: your prediction? (laughs)
1: Um, I'm thinking along the same lines. Uh, The momentum that Australia have gathered over the last seven games is pretty undeniable. And even when they've come close to losing, they've found a way. And I think it's very important in World Cups to win ugly at times. Uh, We've seen a lot of past champions have to do that. And Australia hasn't always been the prettiest team at this World Cup so far. But they've managed to find a way... And as you said, I reckon once we come to this semi-final, they'll find a way once again. So um, that's 2-0 two, two for our predictions for the Aussies.
2: Right. well, Let's see how it unfolds.
1: Well, let's jump straight into our chat with Travis Head, the Australian opener. All right, Travis Head, thanks for joining us ahead of the World Cup semi-final. You've joined about halfway through, but what have you made of your World Cup campaign so far? <laughs>
3: Well, um, yeah, nice, nice time to join up. boys have been playing very well. Um, yeah, a little bit quiet the last couple of weeks. Nice to start well, but um, yeah, we'd like to contribute a little bit more in the last couple of games. So uh, yeah, we're hard to try and do that for the semi. What well, has the
1: general vibe been around the side? I mean, seven wins in a row is pretty impressive.
3: Yeah, like I said, since I've joined, the vibe has been good and um, yeah, uh, been of a slow start and um, yeah. not being around from here, but boys have been on tour for a long time. so um the vibe once i got in and um, the general feel is hitting our straps and we have done over the last couple of weeks so um yeah nice way to nice time to join the group world cup semi-final trap you know you guys bad first that could be you
2: facing the first ball of it could be you facing the first ball of the final if you get that far that kind of do you think about that kind of thing like does that give you goosebumps thinking about whoever it is at the top of that? uh well yeah i
3: haven't thought about that uh, as such um oh, oh. I've made you think about. What did week? I do the other day? Did I face the first one? Mm. David faced so mm. I'm up first this week, so yep. So is it one for one? Is that well, one well we've gone one for one so um so what is it, my turn this week. Um so he can have the final. Okay. Um, okay. but yeah, that's something I really uh, yeah, I've been always too worried about. Um I guess looking back at him i mean, I'll actually have the first ball and I'm a matter of bat for the test match. Um I was a bit nervous I'd be batting in general but then having the first one of the test match. Um and it was I think it was wide, so um yeah, that was a little bit intimidating. It was probably the first time as a, as an opener that I found it a little bit intimidating. But um, in terms of general, um, yeah, when you know it's your turn, um, yeah, it's, it's it's we've got a good partnership going. So take this one, and hopefully give David the uh, the final. We've all got you know World Cup memories
2: and semi final mm-hmm. memories, particularly semi final or South Africa, the kind of memories. What for the
3: things about you know World Cup knockout knockout games that kind of stick in your mind though. Right? Um. Uh, yeah, i revert refer back to the same person pretty much as Gilly, who I grew up idolising in um, the squash ball. Might have to roll out, actually. Um, I've got the bit of the bottom hand. Yips uh, But, um, yeah, I, I, that and having used that in the past and, and realised as a training aid um, from doing a game, from the rollout the way he did, um, that's one that sticks to mind. So, um, yeah, hopefully we have a, we have a chance to, to have a moment like that. Someone uh, has a chance to step up and I think, throughout the, the campaign, someone's been able to do that. Each game, have had a, a standout performer. So I think team team's very strong at having a, a, a match-winning contribution from someone. Everyone's a, a match winner and yeah, hopefully have a couple of them come a couple of days down.
1: And how is the hand? It was pretty incredible how quickly you came back after fracturing it, Did your left hand. How is it going?
3: Yeah, it's going good. Um, it's still, um, I guess, recovering and still working through those. So um, I've been a little bit limited in how much I've been able to train and, and, and recover. Um, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably try to train a little bit more over the next couple of days just to prepare because yeah, I've been a bit lean in the last couple of games in terms of my contribution. So you always get out the hotel and I'm pretty eager to, to get back at work and and, and, and and try and find a bit of rhythm. So um, but yeah, it's a balancing act of making sure that I'm right, ready to go and, and also doing the right things to make sure it's, it's recovering well. But yeah, it feels in, in good order. I know that you're gripping the mic with your right hand there.
2: Should we read something into <laughs> that.
3: <laughs> Sorbala. <of> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, no, I'm feeling good. So um yeah, there's moments it's yeah, there's moments where it does pull up a little bit sore than others, but um in general it's it's been pretty good and nothing that's not expected. So um yeah, just keep keep doing the thing I'm the things I'm doing and then hopefully doing well and hopefully I can contribute. You're gonna face the man who, who broke it the first time. Uh, Gerald could see it. yeah, presuming he
2: he does play or not playing. Yeah in the earlier game of your away. Yeah. Is that a bit of an extra mental kind of thing? Is there a little bit in your mind that you'd love to just get, get one over?
3: <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, no. Nah. It is what it is. Um, those, those things, are just part and parcel of it. So, um, he does bowl a few bounces, but I don't think he intended to, to break my hands. So, um, yeah. yeah, if he plays and I uh, look forward to that battle, he we had really good battles, I think, throughout the whole series. Um, all the batters with the, those, those last bowlers and, um, the wicket, depending, there might be, might be a little bit of spin on, on guiding by what the, the ground's been looking like, so um, a tough battle between the two spinners as well. But, yeah, we have played a fair bit over the last couple of months against Africa, and um, we've won a few battles. They've won a few battles, so uh, it leads into a, a pretty good fixture. Well, just on that semi there, and you played most of
1: Eden Gardens, and if so, what are we expecting? Uh,
3: not for a long time, and I don't think... Uh, and not off the back of a tournament, so... Sure. Um, the times I have played there, I feel like it was a pretty good uh, surface. Um, Again, talking to guys and communicating through the guys that do know their way around it. Uh, I guess this venue is that you could get either or um, on sort of used wickets. You could get a really, really nice um, wicket that's sort of sealed up and, and nice or you could get something that turns a little bit. So um, I think we've got enough experience within the grid to make sure we communicate that well over the next few days when we see the square, um, but also in game about making sure we navigate through that process really well and, uh, and communicate well. And, Um, I think that's been a strength of the team is in in different conditions to hopefully uh, get through And As I said, trying to find a match winner. So um, I think you've got enough players in this team to have a match winner on whatever we can be playing. How much do you want to bat first? Not just you personally, but the team. I mean,
2: it's, you know, everyone's talked a lot about South Africa being a much more dangerous team batting first. You guys have probably had more convincing wins when you batted first. Is that something you guys think about?
3: Um, I'm sure the... the the leaders in the squad think about it. Uh, the guys that make those decisions, um, you look at it two ways. Uh, they bat first, there's also a lot of pressure on them to go out and score the way they have. So, uh, in a semi final, under more pressure, um, pressure does wonderful things and weird things. And um, same as us, we, we've done batting, we've batted first really, really well, but then there's pressure on the line, making sure you get to a score so you can uh, compete in the game. So, um, yeah, so all cards go on the table in a semi, and um, whatever we do, I'm not too bothered um, unless the wicket looks like it's really going to spin hard. Um, it'd be lovely to bat first and get runs on the board. But yeah, there's something, some things you can't control. So um, I think we're in a good position to, to do both well. How about just batting
2: with David Urano? Like have you like that game against This is for us watching, it was 118 and took off the bow by and two of you. I'm not sure I've seen anything quite like it. Have you batted with someone like that before?
3: No. Um, uh, not Obviously, our partnership's really good. Probably only like Mitch as well. Um, I think we've only had three or four um, of those power plays in the last sort of 12, 18 months. We've got 100 runs. So, um, yeah, we we'll have been able to do it a couple of times. I think Davey and I have done it two or three times. And Mitch, uh, I think we did it once here in India and the series gone So, um, yeah, both very, very good player players to bat with on power play. Um, not much running, which is nice. Um, but Davey is an unbelievable nick. He's, he's, played, a, he's played a huge part in... Where we are in this in this tournament he's done that a few times in in world cup tournaments Good. as well throughout different formats and uh-huh. yeah I, I know when we come out a couple of days time that um they gave me a huge amount of pressure by him and um, that's something that's nice to bat within a partner that when you go out about talked about a bit about in test cricket with steve going out and, and playing and, and all the pressure feels like a on the opposition around how can you get one guy out and if you bat in that partnership you go under the radar a little bit so definitely walking out the bat with with davy it does feel like that a little bit of this um, that we both can put a lot of pressure on the opposition, but um with someone who's got five hundred runs for the series it's gonna be a huge wicket and so hopefully at the other end I can play my part in that partnership.
1: But do you think the reputation that comes with David Ruana helps with that
2: as well?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think mean, yeah, I think he rides off that, he rides off that um that confidence and that aura that he's got out in the middle and um when you have got that and then guys know how how fast you can score or, or where you can score from, um they don't tend to really, really want to bowl there and the mind takes you to different places where Sometimes the ball can be right where you want it. So um, it definitely with his reputation and aura, that yeah, he, he would find more, more ways to score him because he knows the ball at the top of his mark knows how much pressure he can be under against someone like Davey. So, um, yeah, guys with long careers, um, guys who have done it well everywhere in the world, um, hold that reputation. And, and that's just, like there's a few guys in the world that will hold that reputation. Yeah, I'm sure guys at the top of the mark think got to get it 100% right, otherwise it can go to the fence. So um, as a batter, that's, that's nice. and um, I'm sure vice versa with a bowler, who's got the wood over a batter, it's sort of the same. So um, yeah, it'd be a nice feeling. And, and yeah, I think we've got a few guys on that team that hopefully can put that pressure on Like position. You're probably one of them, let's
1: be honest. Uh, you've done plenty of captaincy as well for the Redbacks and the Strikers. So what have you made of Pat is captaincy so far? And have you been helping out, lending a hand at all?
3: Uh, no, um, he's got it under control. Um, yeah, I just feel like um, yeah, he's 12 to 18 months, he, I think it just shows where the group's at. We're, we lost our first two um, and took stock a little bit and, and, and just sort of pegged our way back. And, and now we're out of the position where we are. And I think that he's got a huge uh, role, or has had a huge role to play in that. And obviously, his nature being um, very calm and consistent in, his, in his, his patterns, his thought patterns, his communication, etc. So um but I've also felt like he's read the game really well since I've been here and playing. Um, his bowling changes and how he's read the, the, the game. So um, he's ever-evolving, obviously. So he's still very early in his sort of game-day captaincy stuff. But his uh, off-field leadership is something that's always been his strength, uh, has come out as a captain. But, yeah, to have a group where has started quite as well and then we go seven on the bounce and um, and do it in some hard ways and do it in some really, really in, in some good ways and um, things tighten up and he's always looking at how to get better, it's, um, I thought like he's had another very very, very good campaign. And kind of on that, like I've heard you speak a little bit
2: about how you kind of felt like you've had the freedom, especially in test cricket, to kind of back the way you did and kind of not worry about setting it up the bad way or maybe like crap from the nets or something. How much has Pat been a part of helping you get to that point? Know, if in all cricket?
3: Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Him and Ronnie have been the two major drivers of that. Um and that confidence obviously within myself as well to be able to um even the other night, I, how I seen it was a lot different, how it looked at the time. It looks like, a, obviously on, on review and at live, it, will, it looked really, really bad. I was, a bit, I was pretty disappointed with it, but um, it, it felt different at the time. Um, so that feeling and, and, and where my mindset was at, I was really happy with. The output looked, looked bad, but I'm so big. So, um, and yeah, that, I, I, that, falls in the confidence from the, the staff um and Pat to to be in that space. Um and it's not always gonna be pretty and especially in my case it's not always gonna be pretty and I'd love to always be contributing getting runs. Um I think we know as a, a cricketer um it's not always gonna be the case. So um yeah, I have always I've been in a great mindset for the last few years and, and that Pat and Ron have had the, probably the biggest contribution to that. And the
2: stuff you can't kind of imagine there about the off field stuff was really been you know, strong. So like as it as well, like I think Steve Smith spoke in the press conference the other day about how, how it's gotten take better at
3: um throughout that's the time, like right. that, making old yeah. channel he's yeah. come of say as much himself. Have you really noticed that as well? Um, it's not saying that it stood out, but as you, you go as you dive back into the game or think about moments or out the middle when you're chatting to him, um, I feel like that's yeah, he's getting stronger and stronger at it. And um I don't think you can say that he was poor at at the start. It's just he takes time to I guess as a leader, that in game stuff. Um, again, saying that he hasn't done a lot of, obviously being a bowler and the and the idea around the captaincy bowler. Um, it's probably something that he never really thought about too much, it's like it's you're exerting energy and you and you're working hard at the at the end bowling, you go down to final leg and you're probably not thinking too much about the game. So it was always gonna take a little bit of time for that tactical now to come along and he, Obviously, he works very closely with Ron, but he's got Steve and, and a few other guys that are state captains within the squad, um, probably more talking test cricket. But um, as this flowed into a, a white ball block, um, I've definitely seen it again more here. And I think you probably see it more in Monday cricket than you do test cricket because a couple of different more changes and, and match-ups and et cetera. So, um, no, I think he's doing an exceptional job.
1: A lot of people have spoken about the relaxed sort of feeling around the group. But you've got your wife, and daughter and dear, tour with yeah. you here in India for the first time. Have they enjoyed it? Have you enjoyed having them lots what's
3: bike? Yeah, you always enjoy having the family on tour. Um, and yeah, I, it's, a, it's a great chance for Jessica and Miller. We not remember it too much, but um, yeah, for Jess to experience India, um, somewhere we've been trying to get to over the years and just hasn't quite worked out with where our lives have been at. Um, so yeah, we felt like even though I spent four weeks at home, even though um, that was nice to, I guess, with what's coming up and what we've been through to have a bit of time at home was, just, was nice to refresh, but it was also a, a good opportunity to just do it. So um, I'm glad we have, we're having a great time. Um, I, think I think they're enjoying it. Um, I think they'll enjoy, I didn't, they didn't get to go to the game the other day in Pune because it was a bit of a journey. So um, this is a great ground, um, a great spectacle. Um, a lot of people fit in this stadium. So um, yeah, those sort of experiences and getting her to get the feel of India and how much they love it. And, um, a bit out and about as much as we Cam with Miller. It's um, yeah, it's nice. It's a nice box to tick, I guess, as a family to to be over here. And um, I'm sure we'll be back. I'm sure they'll be back at some point.
1: Will you be back? Uh, obviously for the Australian team, you will be. But would you like to maybe pursue an IPL or some sort of the DLs forward as well? Uh,
3: yeah, I'll, I'll be in this year. Um, last year I was a bit restricted around our wedding. Um, um, but yeah, I, I've, for the people close to me, I've been um, open to that and, and have been for a few years. But um, Precedence so of Red Bull took a little bit um, a few years ago, and, and now I think I'm in the space where I'd really, really like to experience it. I, I did it when I was a little bit younger. I would have liked to have done it a lot differently um, as a sort of 21, 22 year old um, at Bangalore with a few rock stars. Um, you can get, I guess, I, I probably got a little bit, uh, I probably didn't do it as well as I would have liked to have done it. Um, I still feel like I benefited a lot from it. Um, when I did get my chance, I felt like I contributed a little bit, but um, yeah, to have another crack at that. Um, in a different mindset, and I guess being a lot older, um, yeah, it's something that I, I would like to, to have a crack at again. Um, but we'll wait and see. Um, it's a yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a it's a space where I guess I haven't been for a long time since t-, t-, t Twenty cricket. So I'm not um, yeah as much as I'd love to. It's never guaranteed, so we'll wait and see. Did you not pick your own sprain enough? Or, <laughs> what, um, what did you not? Oh no, I think just like. When you when you're young and you and I hadn't played a hell of all the cricket and that yeah and I'm watching yeah watching Gregor about to see his things. AB Villiers was completely different, where he's sort of a bit like Davey, where um, he just knew what he needed to get done in terms of the training, et cetera. Gail was there as well, um, had Richie, so had a, had a, had one boy, uh, one of the one of the mates for me, but um, yeah, I just felt like I probably could have trained a little bit differently, probably learned a little bit more and. Um, Watching them guys is that, yeah, you've got to work hard and you've got to get the, I guess, ducks in a row before you can, you've got to earn the right, I guess, to then be able to, to map out and blueprint how you want to actually go about it. And I didn't know how I wanted to go about it when I was a bit younger. So seeing that, I might have gravitated to that a little bit more, um, thinking that that was the, the way. Um, so, yeah, I just, I would, have, I would have done a few things differently, but um, not that I was, I still think I learned a lot from it, but, um, but yeah, and have a crack at it would be nice. Thanks for sitting down and chatting on this trail. Cheers, thank you.